No, God is good, amen? Aren't you glad you can have fun with God's... Man, it's just awesome being a Christian, isn't it? God is good, amen. All right. Well, if you have your Bibles this morning, I hope you brought them with you. If you're new here today and this is your first time here, uh, we hope that you really feel at home and, um, and that uh, I hope that you encounter God, though, more than anything else uh, today. And I um, want to make a couple announcements just for you to remember. Um, our arena team is going to be having a meeting right after this morning's service. If you go through those doors right there to our youth, where our youth are meeting right now, um, there's a room right there. Um, they're going to be having their meeting after church, and I say that because um, there are some of you that, that maybe haven't got plugged into serving on a team, and um, we have lots of exciting teams and opportunities to serve here, um, but if you'd like to be a part of the arena team, and no, you do not have to be um, a, a person that's, that's uh, got a horse and, and, and knows all about arena events, because there's lots of things for you to do. In fact, our entire church is going to be ministering with the arena team here in the next several weeks. Um, as we embark on all these events that we are doing with one purpose in mind is that we might be able to share with them the good news of the gospel of the kingdom. That's the whole purpose of what we're about here. So, um, but that's going to happen right after church, um, right through those double doors. So I want to invite you to do that. Um, Bob Schrader is the team leader, um, and uh, he's right over here. And anyway, he's in the black hat. That doesn't help you any, but uh, he's in a black hat. And so... Uh, just they would love to have you come be a part of that team and ministering that way so the other thing is our new members uh, luncheon won't be today obviously it's it's usually the first Sunday of the month and so I just want to let you know that but if you want to be baptized and you've come to faith in Christ and I know we don't mention this every week but uh, if you want to follow in believers baptism we want to invite you to just take one of these cards that's in the back here fill it out and then we'll be contacting you if you would like to follow up in your salvation in believers baptism we would love to be a part of that so all right, let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning as we begin. <clears throat> Dear Heavenly Father, we, uh, we come to you this morning, and we are very grateful today, Lord, for the privilege we have of coming together as believers. And uh, Lord, although we come from all different backgrounds and walks of life, God, you are the one thing that brings us together. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, uh, one spirit, one Father. That's what we are drawn together here for, and that's the salvation that we know. Thank you for everyone that's here today, those that are watching, uh, those that are listening by radio. Uh, Father, we want to thank you, Lord, that uh, you would minister to each and every one of them as well today. And we ask that you would teach us by your spirit, Lord, about your word and, and help us to apply these things to our life in these exciting days that we are living in and the gift of life that you've given us. We pray these things in Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Amen. Well, we are uh, taking just a short break in the, 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 or the, I should say, the book of Romans. And so we're going to take about, a, who knows, I say seven weeks, it probably won't be, be longer. But we're going to take a few weeks and uh, take a break from Romans. We'll pick up in Romans here after we get through this series. And this series that we're doing is a series on Lord, teach us to pray. And very, very important that we as Christians um, understand why it's so important that we become men and women of prayer and I know that many of you have questions about prayer, everything from why pray to what should I pray um, to uh, how do I pray. There's lots of questions that people have about prayer. Some of you may even have a question, well, if God is sovereign, then why do we even need to pray? That's a great question. The Bible gives us answers to those things. But as we come to this very, very important um, gift that we've been given, 
And that's, we've been invited to come to God and to pray. The disciples of Jesus Christ um, were so moved evidently by how Christ prayed and the results of prayer and the reason for prayer that they came to Jesus after everything they'd been seeing Jesus do, the miraculous signs that he had done, the healing, uh, the raising of the dead, I mean, the uh, sight to the blind, hearing to the deaf, uh, the demoniacs, people actually that were filled with uh, demonic spirits were set free and they began to notice a pattern in the life of Christ that he oftentimes withdrew to solitary places alone and prayed. Um, but they also were involved in being there with him when he prayed. And it must have been something to watch the very incarnate Son of God, the God-man, God in flesh, uh, the Son of God praying to the Father. And so the disciples come to Jesus and they ask him this question, Lord, teach us to pray. And I think that's a great question. Um, there's reasons for that, I believe, that are very important. Number one, Jesus brings something new, if you will, um, as he begins this prayer in Matthew chapter 6. You can also find it in Luke chapter 11, but he begins this prayer, as many of you know, because you've heard this prayer, you've quoted this prayer. Um, he begins the prayer with, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy, thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And then he goes on and says, which is the King James Version, which is what I'm reading here, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Now, previous to this, Jesus had told his disciples not to babble on like pagans do. So um, I don't know about you, but when I grew up, our family had a prayer that we always did um, at mealtime. And I didn't really think anything of it as we did it every single time we had mealtime together, whether it was breakfast, lunch, or supper, we said the exact same prayer. But as I got older, I began to wonder why we said that prayer and why do we say the same prayer every single time. Because one reason I think it's important that we don't just pray, there's more to this prayer than just a pattern. There's a whole lot more here. And if we just say the same prayer repetitively, how many of you know that that can actually not even have any meaning? How many of you know that? Does that make sense? I mean, we did our prayer, trust me, it, it had no meaning. I could quote it to you, but I'm not going to do that because I don't want you to pick that one up. But anyway, um, and so Jesus is not telling his disciples specifically that this is the exact words you need to use in this prayer, but Jesus is doing far greater things here in this prayer as he is teaching his disciples something of prayer. He said, they said, teach us to pray. And Jesus is going to go down through here now, and he's going to begin to teach them about this incredible gift that we have been given and called by God to be involved in in prayer. And as I said last week, uh, actually Wednesday night we got into this even more, the way that I'm approaching prayer as we move into prayer is we're approaching prayer with the mindset of God's kingdom, of his kingdom. And there's reasons I say that that's very important uh, when we really begin to understand the kingdom of God versus the kingdom of darkness or the kingdom that all of us were once a part of and how we now because of Christ have come into the kingdom of the Son and the concept now of us living in this kingdom while being here in this kingdom living with the kingdom of God in us through the Holy Spirit and then living here in this world which is the kingdom of darkness where Satan is ruling and where he is reigning 
But we need to know something of prayer. Jesus told his disciples in Matthew chapter 28, he says, All authority and all power have been given to me. All authority in heaven, all authority on the earth. For us to understand something of prayer, we need to also understand something of what the authority of Christ is. He has all authority, all authority. And that's important when it comes to prayer. So as we go through this, I hope this will really begin to help you understand. But I want to approach prayer as we do now in the mindset of the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. And it's critical that we understand this because we will have a better understanding of why we're praying, who we're praying to, what we're praying, and why in the world would we want to pray the way we do. Why is that? So we're going to learn about this. So this one is going to be the perspective of prayer according to the kingdom of God. We want God's mindset in prayer according to his kingdom's work, and that's what we're after. And these disciples desperately needed to grasp this because Jesus, in Acts chapter 1, he now is getting ready to leave and ascend to the Father where he is seated right now at the right hand of God. And the Bible tells us that he intercedes for you and for me. That's what he's doing. But he leaves his disciples and he's going to go. He promised them that he would send them now the Holy Spirit that would come upon them. And we see that in Acts chapter 2. The Holy Spirit does come and he tells them, do not do anything but go and wait for the Holy Spirit to come. Because when he comes, he is going to give you power to do what I have called you to do. Now, think about this. If you are God, if, you, if you're mind, we're not God, but if you were thinking about how God's chosen to do this, it's really kind of incredible to me. That Jesus Christ came, the very Son of God, God in flesh. That's who Christ is. He is the second person of the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and then we have God the Holy Spirit. One God and three persons. It's not three gods, it's one God. But the second person of the Trinity is Christ, who was with God in the beginning. He talks about that in John chapter 1 and other places in Scripture. You see the Trinity all throughout Scripture. But anyway, what I'm trying to say is Jesus now has come and he has now made a way for man who was in Adam, in sin, separated from God. He made a way for man now to be brought back into relationship with God. He reversed what Satan accomplished through deception and through the sin of Adam all the way back in the very beginning in Genesis. And Christ came and he gave his own life. And God poured out his wrath on the Son. He took the sin of the world and placed him on the Son. And he became the substitutionary sacrifice for the sin of the entire world. That God died for you. That is incredible. And then Jesus now is going to ascend to the Father. And he says, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. And he does do that. But think about this. He's going to now give his if you will, torch over to these 11 men. There was about 120 disciples at the time. And he's got 11 apostles. And he says, this is how we're going to do this. You are going to build my kingdom. I'm going to do the building, but I'm going to do it through you. And the power of the Holy Spirit is going to work, and we're going to build the church. That's what he's going to do. Now, I would not have chosen to do this. If you read the scriptures, I love the fact that God chose common, ordinary people. Isn't that great? I know some of you are extraordinary. <laughs> At least you think you are, right? Ask my wife. She'll tell you I'm extraordinary in my own mind. But anyway, 
The truth is, we're ordinary. But with Christ, something happened to these men. They became extraordinary in not only their purpose, not only in what they were, 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 were a part of, but in everything they did, the Holy Spirit's power, all of a sudden God began to do extraordinary things through these common, ordinary men. And he did it all through Scripture, men and women all throughout the Old Testament. So we have been invited now to be a part of the kingdom of God, which we've come to faith in Christ. And now this prayer thing becomes very, very, very important. Because we cannot do kingdom work for God, for the king, without the Holy Spirit and without prayer. We can't do it. We have to have this. Now, I realize um, that this message is very much out of style in the church today. I've been out of style my whole life, right? I was country when country wasn't cool. I'm still not cool, but country's cool, right? Yeah, it is. So it's kind of like if I were to come up here with bell bottoms and, and nylon pants and, and all these other things that once was cool. I'm kind of out of style, but this message is a little bit out of style today because the gospel has been so polluted and the kingdom of God has been so maligned that the church literally has taught and does teach many ways that God is only really here for you. That it's about God meeting your needs in your kingdom. That really the mindset of the American dream, which is really a very dangerous thing, although we live in a land where we have all kinds of, of freedoms and abilities and we thank God for that, the truth is, when I've come to faith in Christ, it no longer becomes about me building my kingdom here on earth. And he makes this very clear because why? This kingdom's passing away. It's just passing away, man. It ain't going to be here very long. He says, I've called you to something far greater. That is the kingdom of God. I have brought you into this kingdom. This is an eternal kingdom that you are now a part of. But yet you are here on earth and you are now fulfilling the work of God through us and the Holy Spirit in building the kingdom of God, which is eternal. It is about the souls of men and women, boys and girls, for eternity. And there is a battle that is raging in this world. We say, yeah, John, there's wars everywhere. I'm talking about a battle that is far greater than a war that you and I have ever seen. It is a spiritual war that is happening where Satan is fighting against the kingdom of God and he is about taking territory and everything that he does. And then we have the kingdom of God, which, which already is a mate, he's already accomplished what, what, what he came to do. And that is to make a way for man to become right with God. He's already won. He stomped his head. He took the kings. He conquered death, hell, and the grave. There is nothing left for him to conquer. But he's coming again one day. And what is he going to do? He's going to establish his earthly kingdom here physically one day. And he will be worshipped and he will, be, he will rule here. And you know what's incredible? The Bible says this. We are going to rule and reign with Christ Jesus here on earth one day. That's what we are going to do. That is, wow, that is amazing. So he says, listen, don't focus so much on this kingdom. You need to think about the things of this world in this manner. All of this stuff we do, which is great, education, financial stuff, everything we do, that's all part of that. But do it all in light of the kingdom of God. So all of a sudden your job doesn't just become about 30 years and I retire. Your job becomes now a ministry where you use what God's given you, placed you, talented, gifted you with. Now you use that with his kingdom in mind. 
And every day that you wake up as a Christian, this is what's so incredible. You wake up now with a purpose of fulfilling God's will on earth for his kingdom. These are divine things. These are, these are God things that now we are living for. These are supernatural things that are happening all around us. And when we submit to that and understand and get this mindset that, oh, I get this thing now. Now I understand why I'm here. Because if we, were, if we weren't here to do anything more than just to work and grind it out, to make a living, to struggle through life, if that's all it was, what's the point? God would have taken you out already. Why? The reason you're here, because you are still doing what he told the disciples. He said, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey all that I've commanded you to do. Lo, I am with you always. He says, go to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. That's what we're here for. Now, that is an incredible way to live your life. It doesn't matter if you're going to be Brandon Kev's tomorrow. Guess what? Praise God that you've been made and God has placed you well. But you are there for a purpose more than just dragging a calf to the fire. You're there for the kingdom of God. Think about this. That is incredible. So you work in the mail room at the post office. He's got purpose for you being there. Think about the people you meet and know and interact with. Think about this. Why are we doing all these events? So we can just be busy? No. It's so we can tell people about the gospel of the kingdom of God. That's what this whole thing is about. If you thought you came here to join a club, I'm sorry you were misled. You've been called to something far greater than a club. You've been called by God to join him in his kingdom work that lasts for all eternity. Now, that don't make you a little excited. I don't know what will. That's amazing. So what we're going to look at as we begin this perspective is trying to grasp and understand this. Understanding why God has done this. And what we do need, which is perspective, is that we actually get a correct view or a correct thinking about prayer. Now, I know we are to pray about all things, and we do do those things. But when you start understanding that every single day that you wake up, the kingdom of darkness is actively at work, actively going. And what we learn is we begin to understand the perspective thing here. Do you know that there are principalities and powers that are set up all over this globe? Do you know that? And they're not of God. They're of the kingdom and the realm of Satan. Do you know that? And so there literally are strongholds over Wichita Falls. There's strongholds over our communities. There's strongholds over our country. There's strongholds over the world. We know that because Daniel shares something really incredible about his prayer seeking God and then he has the answer come and the angel finally gets there and the angel is explained to him, listen, it's taken me 21 days to get here, Daniel, although from the moment that you prayed to seek God and to get understanding, he sent me to bring you the answer. I have been fighting with the prince of Persia for 21 days. There is angelic war going on around us. It's happening in the spiritual realm of all that's going on. And then he says this to Daniel in Daniel chapter 10. But let me tell you something, Daniel. Your prince, Michael, you know what Michael is? Michael's one of the archangels. He said, oh, by the way, Daniel, your prince is Michael. Now, dude, that is awesome. 
He came and he fought with me and he allowed for me to get away to bring you the answer. Here's the answer, Daniel. But now I'm going back and I will fight with the prince of Greece. Do you know what this prince is? It's a principality. It is a satanic stronghold. Satan has the same thing within his false little old kingdom that God does. It's all just a mimicking of what God has done. And so there are strongholds. Not only that, there are strongholds in your family. Did you know that? There are territorial things in your life. For example, I have this, and I've seen it over and over and over again when it comes to counseling. I've counseled people, so many different people who come from different backgrounds. And what you'll find is, let's say you have a stronghold in your family with alcoholism. Look back through your family line and see how many generations have been affected by alcohol in your family. Narcotics, drug abuse, sexual abuse. Look at, follow it back. Do you know why? Because those are strongholds. And what we know this to be true, that Christ living in me gives me the power to break all those things. Do you understand what I'm saying? For some of you here, you don't even know this. You're the chain breaker for your family. You're the generational chain breaker for your family. Because you have Christ by his spirit dwelling in you. And Satan has no authority in the life of a believer. None. So I have people say, well, they use an excuse, you know. I mean, I'm Norwegian. I could say I come from the Vikings. That's why I'm such a rebel. Or that's why I love the water. No, just kidding. Some people say, well, you know, I'm German. That's why I have this ferocious temper. Do you realize what you've just said? You're giving yourself an excuse for acting the way you do because you're telling me it comes from something in your past. That's, that's just an excuse. No, you're a son of the living God. You see what I'm saying? You don't have to have that stronghold in your life. Some of you in your marriages, you've got strongholds in your marriages. You need to use what God has given you, his authority, to break those strongholds in your marriages. Maybe pornography has been a stronghold in your life and in your father's life. And truth be known, maybe even your grandfather's life. And there has been a pattern of pornography addiction in your family. Listen to me. It doesn't have to stay that way. Because why? Because we have the power of God living in us through the Holy Spirit. And we have his authority and we can break those things through his power. We can do that. I guarantee you Wichita Falls has strongholds. Guarantee it. You say, John, why is it so important that we understand this? Because what we are involved in is a battle. Although my battle has been won by Christ, I am still in this war. Do you understand what I'm saying? And so we need to grasp this. Why is it so important that I understand prayer? You've got kids, listen to me. The enemy wants your children, man. Mom and dad, ma'am, sir, the enemy wants your marriage. He wants it. Why? Because he hates everything that God has ordained. God has ordained the family. He's ordained marriage. He's done all of these things. He hates every aspect of it. And Satan has only come to kill, steal, and to destroy. And some of you know you've lived that life. You've lived it. But you don't have to live that way anymore. So get our perspective changed about, about prayer. There are those that preach and teach that, listen... Jesus was a wealthy man. He had the finest garments of anything that you can think. All he had to do was say, Peter, go down and catch a fish, and he had money. 
And see, God wants you to be healthy, wealthy, and I mean prosperous in everything. Yes, we are prosperous, but not in all those things. Because the things of Christ far outweigh those things. And what happens is, is they've turned God and his kingdom into nothing more than a genie who is in heaven to meet my need in order that I might have the greatest kingdom here. <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? Go preach that to the Bengalis in Bangladesh right now who are dying for their faith. Dude, what's wrong with you? God wants you to be wealthy, healthy, and wise. That gospel only works in America because it's a deception and a lie. Because when you're over there giving your life for Christ and you've lost your job, your family, and your life is in danger, you already have everything in Christ. And he will meet your needs. Okay, I better get started here. I don't know why I even put these notes down. I really desire that we would get a grasp on this kingdom thing. I really wish for you that you would. I hope that you can grasp it. If you'll grasp it, there's no telling what God can do through you. What God could do through this, this church here, these old cowboys and people of our culture and all walks of life, what God could do if we grasp the kingdom thing. So Jesus spent a lot of time talking about the kingdom. He wanted his disciples to get this, to grasp it, because he was leaving them with the task to do what Christ had been doing for three and a half years. He says, listen, I'm gonna go to the Father. I'm sending you a comforter. He's going to empower you. And now with these 11 ruddy men, four fishermen we know of, one tax collector, IRS, who was not liked at all, and these other men who we don't know a lot about their life, God says, let me tell you something I'm going to do. I'm going to empower you to take the church to the ends of the earth. That's incredible. And here we are today, 2,000 years later. And the church and the kingdom is still moving and advancing. No man did that. God did it through his faithful servants, you and me. That's what he's doing this through. So... There's some things that have to happen in order for that to take place in our life. Number one, we need to understand why we need to diligently seek God in this day and time that we're living. And by the way, if nobody's told you lately, it's a crazy day to be alive. But let me tell you something else. I don't think there's a greater day to ever live. Never a greater day to, be, to live, right? So we need to be diligent. That needs to be our effort, accomplishing, seeking, seeking after God, um, pursuing God. We need to be doing that stuff. We do that in prayer. We're pursuing God. We do that in his word. And he says that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. It's a guaranteed thing. And we don't want to be guilty of not seeking God. I know we're going to have to as a church and you're going to have to as a Christian seek God in these days. I really want to invite you uh, to think about things in your own life maybe uh, that are strongholds in your life today that you know need to be broken and if you're a Christian today if you are in Christ do not believe the lie of the enemy that you are not a new creation you are you have a new power you have a new Lord you have a new kingdom you have a new Savior you have all things you have a new life 
And you don't have to live with all that baggage and bondage because that's all been taken care of and done for. But you need to take authority over that and then begin to live that way in your life. Amen? We're not even going to get started on this today. You know, maybe that's all God wanted somebody to hear. Maybe that's you today. You know something else I've learned about God? He loves you individually that much. That although I didn't even get really my notes here, I believe God wanted somebody to hear that today. That you need to be set free from something. That you need to understand that Satan, he has no authority in your life. You're a new creation in Christ Jesus. You say, well, John, I still have all these problems I struggle with. Listen, are you human? Yes. But that's not who you are anymore. You are new in Christ. Maybe there's a stronghold or a history within your family that nobody knows about but you do because you've lived it. People ask me this question all the time when I'm in counseling. Why in the world I had an alcoholic daddy? Why in the world did I go and marry an alcoholic? I knew better. Because it's a pattern. You can break that. And if you're living with somebody today that struggles with alcoholism, don't leave. Try to help them get free from that. Right? Maybe it's today you're struggling with pornography. Maybe if everybody could see what your mind thought about and what you saw even last night, you'd be horrified this morning. <laughs> but God came to set you free from that addiction. Don't pass that on to your kids. Because Satan knows where your family is weak and he knows where I am weak and he knows where humanity is weak. He's been doing this a long time. And it's not hard to figure this deal out. You've got a stronghold in your life today and you need it broken and you're ready to break that thing. I'm gonna encourage you today to do that with the power of the God's Holy Spirit in and through you today. And I wanna pray with you today. And I want my, some of these lay pastors, if you're in here, I want you to make your way up to the front. Come on up this way, lay pastors. What I want to do is I want to close with a little bit of prayer today. If you need prayer for anything today, I had a woman call me here just a few minutes ago here before church. She needed prayer for healing. Doesn't even go here. She needed prayer for healing. What are we going to do? We prayed for her. We prayed for her twice with the group. Now we're going to pray for her here. If you have need of anything, listen, God still answers prayer. Do you understand that? He still answers prayer. I want to invite you in just a few moments to come up here. I don't care what you need prayer for. It doesn't make any difference at all. But if you need prayer today and you want someone to pray with you, I want to pray with you. These guys, we want to pray with you. Please come and we're going to pray with you as we close. I invite you to come back next week. Maybe we'll get to the message next week. But you know this much I know? We all need prayer. Amen? We do. So if you're here and that's you this morning, we want to pray with you. Let's close. When I close in prayer, would you all just be kind as you go? But if you need prayer, we want to pray with you today. Father God, we come to you this morning. And Lord, we think about your kingdom. Father, we think about the fact that, Lord, we are so grateful that we've been brought from the kingdom of darkness and we've been brought into the glorious kingdom of the Son, as it says in Colossians 1. And Lord, there's lots of Christians today that are living defeated because they're 
They, they, they don't understand that they don't, they don't live in their life just for this kingdom here, but they've been called to something far greater that's supernatural, that they've been empowered by the Holy Spirit, that this thing they've been called to is far greater. It's eternal. It's everlasting. It is, God, your design. It's what you do, you've done, and you've invited us to be a part of that. Lord, maybe there's some here this morning that they're struggling with addiction. They're struggling with, with a territorial or a, a history within their family that needs to be broken. And they say today, Lord, I want to be the chain breaker, Lord, by your power today in my life. I want to break this in my life, whatever it may be. Maybe they need prayer for sickness. Maybe they need some prayer for their finances. Maybe they just want to be prayed for in general. Lord, I'm asking, Lord, as we close that they'd make their way up here, Father, and that, Father, we could have a season of prayer. Lord, I love you today. I thank you so much for your church. I thank you for your Holy Spirit. I thank you, Lord, for the power of prayer, Lord. And I thank you that you answer prayer, God. And my prayer is for this church, Lord, that we would see you do something that, Lord, that no one could ever say that it was man that did it, but only God could do it. I'll pray that these people would begin to grasp and understand that you are a powerful, loving, all-encompassing all God. If there's someone here this morning that they don't think that God could love them. Lord, I pray today that they would know that there's not a thing in their life they've ever done or could do, Lord, that out, would out-extend your love, God. I pray that they would know this morning that you desire to save them, give them new life and a new birth and a new purpose and a new eternity, Lord. I pray today that they'd come to faith in you. Lord, we love you, we praise you, and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. If you all need prayer, come on up, and we'd love to pray with you. The rest of you have an awesome week.